Hello everybody, and welcome to another episode of Trial by Fire. I'm currently sitting in a cubby hole uh, in a house that I'm stationed in because it's the only room in the house that doesn't have huge, huge ceilings and uh, isn't echoey. Um, I'm actually posted up here um, in this house and it's owned by the owner of the Aurora Safari Camp here. Uh, Frederick and um, while I'm here I'm, I'm renovating the rooms I'm helping strip the wallpaper and, and things like that so that's my uh, accommodation payment is is to help with the refurbishment of the home so uh, yeah but it's 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 a great place to be but uh, I wanted to thank everybody for uh, the support uh, from the last episode um, and the, the thumbs up from people with the return of the podcast it's uh, it's a really refreshing thing to do. I I really love having conversations with people like these long form conversations that I don't think we really get a chance to do very often anymore. Maybe in our circles we do when we're sitting around campfires and things, but for the most part, all of our communication these days is usually through Instagram or Facebook or emails and things like that. And it's always great to have. A genuine conversation and sit down and just talk shit for an hour and a half um and i think it's something that's really necessary and i think we all need to practice it um it's it's a it's a it is a practice i think it's an art form the art of the conversation is is something that you can you can definitely get better at you can definitely improve on um and i just enjoy it just for the pure enjoyment of being able to hone conversation skills so that's always fun um, but just, a, I suppose, a little quick update uh, before we get into the interview. My guests this week are Niklas Söderlund and uh, Sebastian Svanborg, or Svanboy, two very accomplished photographers who are coming up and spending, I think they said, seven days a week traveling around Sweden, taking photographs and having an adventure, which is always fun. Um, and I think... Well, the great thing about being up here is that I, I'm thinking that the guests that stay there, I mean, they have some really interesting people that come along and um, people that are photographers from magazines, people that are somewhat maybe celebrities and things. And I'm hoping that, uh, you know, maybe the guests will come to me and I think it's uh, it would be silly not to keep getting this microphone out whenever I get the chance. So, but the, the conversation I had with the two guys was really interesting. I got to spend a couple of days with them, just hanging about, taking photographs with them, just chilling and great guys. Um, good insights on both sides. And it was a really fun conversation. We talk about brands and the types of brands that we choose to align ourselves to. We talk about photography, uh, being outside and just a little bit of a background as to or a little bit of a, a debrief, I guess, from our days that we spent up here. We were on some snowmobiles for quite a few hours. Very cold day. It was minus 30 the day that we were out, which is the coldest I've ever experienced in my life. And um, it was it was a really fun time. So, yeah, I hope you guys enjoy that uh, conversation. Um, and, yeah, I guess just uh, that's kind of it, really, for me. I've just been up here working. I'm helping out with the guests and the guest house. Um I'm, as I said, I'm doing some decorating here in the in the house that I'm staying in, getting out on the snowmobiles. Uh, I got stuck yesterday twice in very deep snow. Uh, had to get 
pulled out uh really got us a, <laughs> a bit of a well no pun intended but a bit of a trial by fire we we actually took the snowmobiles out on a 120 kilometer trip which was really far i mean it took hours when we were stopping with taking photographs and things we had some guests up here who were shooting uh, for some magazines and a reporter for a swedish newspaper um, and they're doing a story on life up here so i had the pleasure of kind of hanging out with them as well this weekend or this week and uh, yeah that was a long trip we went from the outpost here where we're stationed up to the uh, polar circle which took about i think about an hour or so maybe more with stopping with taking photographs and things and then from the from the circle then we swung back around and headed towards Gunnersbyn, um which is the main town where everybody else is here and it's where the camp is the safari camp and oh we were driving across frozen lakes at sunset going about 80 miles an hour on a snowmobile across a frozen lake at sunset in the in the arctic circle was man it was a life you know a moment that i'll always remember and there was some reindeer coming across our paths and getting stuck in snow and it, that was kind of worrying as well because i mean i was at the back there was four of us and i was at the, at the back of the line um so if i got stuck i had to wait for them to realize that i wasn't behind them and they had to come back and help me so that happened twice that it wasn't particularly fun fun and did set us off uh, off time a little bit but yeah it was an amazing day so i probably will talk about that more at some point but they're just kind of the days that i'm having up here and uh, man it, it feels so lucky to be up here it's great but um anyway i'll i digress i'll leave you guys now with the conversation that i had with uh with frederick and or sorry with sebastian and niklas um and i hope you enjoy it and if you guys like it uh, feel free to share it feel free to follow the podcast uh, anything like that i always appreciate that stuff um, and if you have any questions regarding the, some of the topics or some comments uh, feel free to get in touch as always and you know i'll always love interacting with people who listen to the show so uh, have a good week guys and uh, i hope you're keeping well regular <laughs> <laughs> well uh, thank you, Sebastian and Niklas, for coming and talking to me today. Uh, well, we've been here for, you've been here for what, two days? Yeah. We are at the outpost in... I don't know what the village called. It's called... I don't think it even has an... It's, it's, yeah, it has a name. It's too small to have a name. No, it has a name. There's like 20... If you Wikipedia this uh, village, it's it tells you the name and it tells you the population, which is like 20 people. Okay. So it does have a name. It's like Flesk. Oh, no, it's called Mordshell. Oh, that was very close, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What, but no, you say uh, between Boden and... Gunnarsbyn. <laughs> between Boden and Kiruna. Ah, yeah. And at least uh, the people living in the north of Sweden. So all of the ten people living in the north of Sweden would know kind of where we are. Yeah. 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 So we're staying at the Frederick's Aurora Safari Camp. Uh, well, the safari camp is in Gunnarsbyn, but we're here in Mordshell in the outpost, which is like a guest house that they have here. Yeah. I think there's, what, two, four? I mean, you could probably, how many people could sleep here? Like 15? 
probably. Yeah, I haven't seen the top floor, but it was a kitchen and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're like two plus two plus. They're like six people up there. Yeah, we're three down here. Yeah. Then we had Jonas slept in here, so that's ten people. And you could definitely have some people sleep at the end of the bed and on the floor and yeah, yeah, yeah. you could fit a family here easily. Easily, yeah. And then we've got a sauna and we've got many showers and. Open fire. Snowmobiles and open fire and a beautiful kitchen. It's it's a pretty cool place to be able to hang out. I'm actually living three minutes walk from here, so it's really cool to be able to come down here and just if there's people staying, just chill out and help yeah. with the with the kitchen and things like that. But um, but anyway, um, uh, uh, Niklas and Frederick are have been staying here for the last couple of days. It's uh, actually Sebastian. No, sorry. What did I say, Frederick? Frederick. Sorry. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Sorry. I'm thinking of our, our buddy Frederick, yeah, who yeah. owns the place. Yeah. Sebastian, sorry, thank you. Um, and you guys have been pretty much touring around the north of Sweden for the last, what, two weeks? Ten uh, days? Something like one that? week. One week. Oh, tomorrow. Okay. Yeah. Where have you guys been? We started in Stockholm. Stockholm. Hmm? He picked me up uh, at my work. And uh, we drove to Tennis. I never remember which. Is it Heridalen? Uh, yes. Do you, the, know, do you know Åre? Yeah. Åre is like the ski resort. Uh-huh. The ski resort. The ski resort. So it's, it's like four hours south, but not the bird's way. You say bird's way As in the English. bird flies. Yeah. Or as the crow so, flies. So, you, because you drive over a mountain, so yeah. it takes a long time. But yeah, yeah. It's like four hours south driving uh, from Åre. So, yeah. from Stockholm to Tennis, it was eight hours? Yeah. Ish? Eight and a half hours, I think. Yeah. 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 So, we started there and we went to the Musk Ox Center. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Where they have 12 musk muskox. Those things are crazy, man. They look like something from like a Star Wars yeah. movie. I was like, but they're like, they're, yeah. are they a native Swedish uh, animal or are they just, because I know that they have a lot of them in the States. Yeah. Uh, and like and around Canada, Texas. And, I believe. Yeah. yeah, lots of Canada. They were. They were. So they're uh, like three million years old. Yeah. Not the uh, ones uh, in Sweden right now. No, no, no. no. <laughs> they have a really long lifespan. Yeah. No, but they're crazy looking things with the crazy horns and the like the big head. Yeah. They're like, it's like if you took a bison and like put it on steroids and gave it like... Uh, Did I hear I, steroids? Hey. <laughs> I gave it like a Steven Spielberg script. Yeah. Like, they're crazy looking things. The, yeah. the interesting thing is that the bison is uh, from the cow um, family. Right. While the muskoxes are from the sheep family. No way. Yeah, so it's... You can see that on the horns. It looks yeah, like sheep horns. Yeah, it looks yeah, more... Like yeah. a ram. Ram, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Interesting. Because those... Uh, yeah, those... Yeah. But they are... I think bisons are probably bigger. Really? Yeah. They have longer legs. Uh, yeah. Taller, maybe. Yeah. But they have to... These are like hairy tanks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the, I know that with the bison, don't they have to be able to like get through snow and stuff? So like their legs are actually yeah. a little bit longer. But yeah, these are these have fur, like a lot of fur. Yeah, and they could do like minus fifty. Yeah, and fuck, they're they. I mean, they're so hairy. And yeah, they it's probably like, like hollow fibered. 
fucking fur yeah, and some shit. They they love the snow, so but I don't, they don't need the speed. They don't need to like. I think bisons they need some speed to like run away from wolves. Am I probably? I don't yeah. know. I might be bullshitting. Yeah. But uh, uh, well, the muskox doesn't have a natural enemy because no, they're no. no one would yeah. attack them. So they need they don't need to like protect themselves. I could be wrong though, but I think for the bison it's pretty much the same thing. I think they they basically don't give a shit about anything because they're so like dominant yeah i could be wrong now but that I, i'm pretty sure i remember hearing that but um that's a crazy animal and and you said that there's a, a farm up here where they she breeds them or she bought them or because like in it's in, like a preservation i believe it's okay. called Con- conservation conservation <laughs> right yeah what is preservation i don't know but i i said the same thing and apparently it was wrong yeah i was okay. talking to uh brit yeah, okay. okay. That's the same thing. Yeah, if you preserve something, it's like you're keeping it fresh. <laughs> yeah. <Or> it... <laughs> well, they were fresh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good eating. Eat the yet. Yeah. Was, was old, yeah. But no, uh, but they have, they used, to, so they used to be a part of the Swedish fauna. Right. Say that. Fauna. Hmm? Uh, yeah. But then they were it kind of extinct in Sweden. Yeah. I don't know if it was because of humans, probably. Probably. Are they like Ice Viking. Age extincts or yeah. like Viking extincts? Probably Viking. Yeah. Because they are only f- only three million years old. Ah. Uh, but then, yeah, they, they have some in Norway, but I think they brought them back a hundred and... Was, did they say 150 years ago? Shit, yeah. I should have been listening more. Yeah. <laughs> but since they're not... Um, so in Sweden, since there's so few... And they haven't been back in Sweden for more than like 150 years. Yeah. The Swedish government doesn't uh, acknowledge them as like red listed. Okay. So they don't get any support from so the it's government. Like a, it's like a novelty animal. It's no, it's like the Swedish government doesn't see them as a part of the Swedish fauna. Okay. So they don't they don't get like if it was a red listed animal they would get like support like and funding for funding to, to reserve them yeah, or exactly. preserve them and so, so this is like uh, gone like 150 years yeah exactly yeah. so this is like a non profit thing they do ah yeah because I know in the states that people eat them like apparently they're like hunted okay <laughs> maybe that's just Texas I don't know no. yeah, probably yeah I mean they eat all sorts of shit down there yeah they eat bison as well right? yeah yeah for sure. Yeah. But they, I, I can imagine the fur is amazing to do, like back in the days, to make clothes from. Yeah. Because, yeah, as I said, like... You can, can clothe your whole family with one musk ox, I'm sure, the yeah. size of those things. They are not as big as you think they are. No? At least that's, like, I was surprised that they were, I wouldn't say small, but... No. Medium. They're, they weren't huge. <laughs> yeah. Right. Swedish medium. That's cool. So you, were, you, so you were in the musk ox centrum. Yes. Yes. No, day before yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. And then you guys were with uh, Northern Soul Journeys, which yeah. which we're going to get on this podcast. Yeah. I, that's probably going to be the next interview that we do with Jeremias and um, Hannah. And Hannah. Yes. Uh, and twenty three dogs. And twenty three dogs. Yeah. That's hopefully. going to be. How, yeah. how are we going to record that? Well, we'll do it in, in the house, I reckon. <laughs> probably. Hopefully. Yeah. But no, they actually have their dogs. dog, they actually bring, yeah, they bring their bring dogs them. inside. Yeah, and I think that's really interesting because whenever you see, like, I don't know, did you guys ever watch that show? It was a tw- uh, Life Below Zero on Discovery Channel. It was about different families that lived up in the Arctic, or no, in in the um, in Alaska. Okay. So yeah. you had, like, you know, this woman who looked after, like, a, 
a radio tower in the middle of nowhere you had another guy who was like our age who just lives out there by himself and then there was another couple who had dogs yeah and they were like super uh they were like work dogs you know what yeah. I mean? like they lived outside they didn't really come into the house and you know they fed them with i, I was kind of afraid of uh when we go in there uh that they uh, should treat the dogs like uh, tools yeah, but they didn't. It was, no, no, uh, that was so much love. Oh, they clearly loved their dogs. Jeremiah yeah. and, and Hannah. Yeah, yeah but their their dogs like live in the house like anybody's dog. Yeah, you know, I always found that such a weird. But not every, not twenty three of them at the same time. Yeah, of course. They, 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 Let a couple in. At yeah, they had like one of them was sick or whatever. Schedule. Yeah. For the dogs. Uh-huh. But I mean, I had I had a dog like a sled dog, so. I mean, it's not it's not like they're gonna freeze freeze outside. No. Like you know, they're made for being outside. Uh, but that doesn't mean they like my dog loved to. Like he used to just lay on his back in my sofa and huh. fart. <laughs> but he also loved to be outside and and in yeah. in the snow. So, yeah. you know, it's not like it's like two sides of the coin, I guess. Yeah, for sure. But like another thing I found really interesting about uh, Jeremiah's and. Uh, uh, Hannah's dogs is that they don't look typically like like huskies or like no. they don't look like Malamutes or Siberian no. huskies. They have like, oh, they are Siberian huskies, but they're not bred. Uh, Alaskan huskies. Alaskan huskies, huskies, yeah. but they're not bred for a particular look or style. No. They all look different from each other. Some of them are completely black. Some of them are black and white. Some of them look more yeah, in the kind of some yeah. are like muscular and some are very thin. Yeah, yeah, and it's such a fine art because he he describes it to me really well, and I'm sure he will say this again on the podcast. So. I do I want to prerequisite that, but the last time I was there with them, he was saying the dog, the pack is like the people you work with. He's like, imagine you were planning a uh, a Christmas dinner for all your work colleagues. Yeah. It's like, you know that John doesn't like to sit beside Alice because yeah. Alice fucking hates John. Or, yeah. you know, these guys, they're both like alphas. So if you put them sitting beside each other, they're going to piss each other off. Yeah. And, and he was telling me, because I was asking him how he decides who leads and who goes in the back and who's in the middle. And, yeah. you know, because the dogs have to be beside each other and they do occasionally fight and, and kind of uh, clash with each other. But he said it just it just takes time to figure out the different personalities yeah. of the different dogs and, and how they worked well together. Yeah. And so for me, that's so fascinating because, I mean, we've all had dogs as pets and they are so singular in their personalities, like the one dog you own. Yeah. yeah, they have such a strong personality. So imagine having to try and deal with twenty-three personalities. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I was. I was like, obviously, it's different for him because he has had them for a long time. But I thought it was hard to manage one dog sometimes. Yeah. Like, what, what? Like, what's what's up now? Like, why is he? What's wrong with you? Yeah. What's wrong now? Or like, what do you want? And I was like, keeping track of twenty-three dogs. It's like I don't. That's crazy. It's like uh, children. When you have one, you're nervous and stressed out and all that. When you get two, it's much easier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then you can have like <laughs> yeah, 23 12. kids. Yeah. Uh, it's so it's true. Getting man. easier and easier. It's so true. Like yeah. it's always like the last kid when the when the parents are like 60. Yeah, they like raised 65. <laughs> yeah, and it's yeah. like they like the last kid is just like he's got like brothers and sisters who are like in their 20s. Yeah. And it's just like yeah. Yeah. They have to raise themselves, basically. Yeah. But that's it's interesting. But I'm really looking forward to it, to going up and, and talking to them and really doing a, a nice interview with them because 
Jeremiah seems to have, and, and Hannah as well. He Jeremiah says that Hannah's the knowledgeable one when it comes to the dogs, and she has a background in, in dogs. I think he got into it a little bit later. Yeah. Uh, but, man, he's just like a, a world of wisdom. Like, yeah. the stuff that he, we were sitting in the sled, and he was just, like, riffing off, like, really profound kind of thoughts and statements yeah, and stuff. Yeah. And I was like, shit, man, this guy's cool. I got to get him, got to get him on the podcast at some point. But, so that, that should be fun. I liked him. He's, uh, I never met him before. We rode a little bit before we came to visit. Hmm. But he's, uh, we di- we had so much like discussions about just like outdoor and like gear and yeah. experiences and stuff. And he, he has very strong opinions yeah. based of his experiences. And I have the same thing. Hmm. And I love having discussions with people like yeah. that that have a lot of experience because you can... You can learn so much from them. Well, not just experience, but like uh, not really afraid to uh, argue against maybe what what you might enjoy wearing or what somebody else. Because I I always find those those conversations for me are always the most interesting when we don't necessarily always agree on everything. And one like True Dark, for example, like we were talking about True Dark yeah, last yeah. night, for example, like yeah. you you had purchased a a new jacket which cost yeah, up like, and around six hundred euro, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I was saying, well, you know the branding and the marketing involved yeah. in that and the types of ambassadors that they choose to uh, represent make that product, in my opinion, that price, not yeah. necessarily the quality because no, there are companies no. that are just as good quality, yeah. not quite as expensive, but, you know, there's arguments to and, to and from that. But anyway, my point is that uh, that's, that's a really good discussion, you know, and, and it, yeah. I think it, it's an interesting thing to talk about because the outdoor industry is as much as we don't really like to talk about it, it's saturated with brands, yeah, with, yeah. with uh, identity through the type, the, whether you're Fjallraven, whether you're this, that, and the other, you, you identify with the types of clothing that you choose to wear in the outdoors, no more than fucking punks and rockers and yeah, metalheads. Yeah. It's kind of fun because, like, now when you say it, you, you kind of, you, you choose your brand or brands and that's like your style. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, as you said, it's like picking your type of music mm. or, you know, your uh, like subculture. Yeah, yeah. Because it's like you, sh- you, pick a, you pick a brand that fits your needs and then something that you want to be uh, related with. Associated with. And, yeah, and, associated with. And also that the brand speaks to you in some way. Yeah. That it, maybe it's more like a, uh, like Carhartt, for example. I think Carhartt are such a, perfect example of Carhartt or like a perfect example of somebody who has fucking branded themselves so well in the sense that they're like the work every man working day you know I've been wearing the same jacket for 42 years and I work I you know I lift a fork I drive a forklift or some shit you know yeah. and then you have the other side which is like Patagonia for example but they're also a brand that that I try to uh, we speak about Patagonia a lot in this podcast, but they're they're a company that try to um, promote longevity in their clothing. They promote repairing the clothes as opposed yeah. to you know and all this kind of thing. And they actually have a a secondhand clothing store called Warnware that people donate their old Patagonia clothing that they stitch them back up and sell mm-hmm. them off again. A really cool product because yeah. the clothing industry is so has so much responsibility to answer for when it comes to um, environmental impacts and things like that and yeah. I think a lot of companies particularly like Patagonia so are trying to implement 
um, solutions within their uh, working model that that mitigates a little bit of that. But I think like outdoor brands, they care so much about the environment, mm-hmm. but it's probably like it's it's a quite of it's like preaching to the choir, right? Yeah, it is. Because yeah. obviously, people that buy outdoor clothes are like I, I'm gonna guess the majority are actually interested in you know having sustainable clothing hmm. but that's not like it's not it's compared with like Hannes and Maurits you know H&M yeah and like those that's the companies that's that bullshit should, that, stuff, that yeah. should really like fast focus fa- on it's this. called like fast fashion it's like yeah, every exactly. six months or four yeah. months there's a new uh, range and yeah because I think I think a lot of outdoor brands I mean obviously a lot of outdoor brands have people employed and are owned by people who care about the environment but I think it's also some some kind of marketing I mean, it doesn't hurt to have sustainable clothing because, no. as I said, you're preaching to the choir. Yeah. But I think it's also interesting to see how many outdoor brands are starting to become also fashion brands. Hmm. Like, we always joke and say, like, Patagucci because Patago- yeah, Patagonia yeah. has become, like, a brand like that. And sure, sure. Fjellaven these days sure, yeah. is a lot about, you know... Urban wear. I, I always thought, like, Fjellaven looks better than it's actually practical. Right. And also the price tag like i don't mind spending money on stuff that i like and that lasts yeah but a lot of brands it's not about doing only like you know good clothing it's also about fashion yeah like arcteryx they have their own fashion line Mm, yeah uh, yeah, for sure. And it's like a good, well, pretty good example of yeah, what's happening. Exactly. Know? And Carhartt have the same. But um, I think the thing with Fjallraven is that there is a couple of staples within their product line that they've never changed. Like yeah. the Anoraks yes. and the, the Greenland jacket, for example. And some pants. Or the Vita Pros or yeah. the, the, the Kebs. Yeah. And then after that, everything else kind of surrounds those those staple products because the Kebs are never going to be out of fashion the the anoraks are never gonna they're never gonna stop making them they're never gonna stop making the kankian and the maybe the albisco backpacks and stuff yeah um and then everything else around that kind of just buffs out the the season yeah you know and then that is is exactly what you're talking about just like a, a season within their clothing and then you can go and buy like if you go to the fjallraven outlet store which is actually pretty close to here you can buy a green, you know, a, a Greenland jacket or a Nabisco jacket or, you know, some jacket that didn't quite make the cut two years ago. Perfectly good jacket, but yeah. you don't see it. It's not a staple. It's not part of their range. Yeah. And be, and the reason for that is because it's not designed for the outdoors person. It's designed for the casual uh, Sunday walker or somebody who goes to the park with the with their kid in the buggy or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so Fjallraven's an interesting one because... They have kind of like a loyal outdoor following, but then they also have the more fashionable range. And then you, very similar to what you're saying with Patagonia, like Patagucci, that's, that's exactly what it yeah. is like, yeah. you know, for sure. But Fjellraven, they managed to make such an impact on the industry that even people that don't know anything about the outdoors, at least in Sweden, they, I mean, everyone knows what they know Fjellraven, Fjellraven is. is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 but yeah. you wouldn't, everyone doesn't know who Arcteryx is or... yeah. Well, it's yeah. it's funny because I have a pair of Fjallraven uh, Vita Pros, and anytime I wear them around people that aren't familiar with Fjallraven, they say, "Oh, is that the company that makes those bags?" Yeah, because everybody Kunkin. knows the Kankin or the Kunkin, yeah. 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 And so they see the logo and they think yeah. the bag, yeah, the Kunkin bag. They yeah. don't think about the the company. Yeah. 
I think they just reached a point where they don't have to brand or they don't have to promote I mean, it's, really. Yeah, it's like Coca-Cola or, yeah, you know. It promotes yeah. itself, yeah. After a while, it yeah, it promotes itself and yeah. everyone just wears it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, if you think about it, like wearing something, uh, like when you wear a brand, you're basically being, you're paying to, like you're buying clothes and then you're actually like a walking brand uh, walking ad yeah for and, the brand and i suppose it kind of leads me on to another question that i did want to ask you in particular because um you you work with a lot of outdoor companies you're a photographer you're a videographer you know you, you've got a lot of followers on instagram and stuff and my i suppose for me it's like anything that i purchase for the most part, is like a really, uh, you nerd out over the specs, you really weigh up your options as to what is going to be more beneficial to you and things like that. And to like what, so you decide to work with companies or they, they kind of come to you. Is there, is there for you like a, like a, a filter or like a kind of a, What's what's the line where you go like these are the type of companies I want to work with, or I've really always wanted to work with this company, or I really believe in what this company represents, or is it like, well, hey, uh, this particular outdoor company want to send me some fucking expensive clothing? I haven't really researched what they represent. Do they represent me? I don't know, but I can wear their clothes because yeah. hey, it's expensive shit. So do you mold? Can you? The question is, I'm not saying about you specifically, but can you mold? your own uh, look and image based on what types of companies want to work with you if you get up to that kind of level where you're an influencer, I suppose, is, is the... I think, like, uh, like I think I, since I started become interested in clothing in general, mm. I think that would probably start when I started, like, skateboarding. Let's say I was, you know, 14, whatever. Yeah. Ever since then, I've been so particular with what brands that I like. Sure. Because I've always been like super drawn to brands, branding, I guess. Like when I started skateboarding, I was into like punk rock music. So naturally I liked Vans. Mm -hmm. You know, I always loved Vans. I have, I have, I have fucking Vans tattoo. Do you have, uh, did, did you have the Vans, uh, the standard, uh, old school, what were they called with the, they slip -on? were, yeah, the slip-ons, I had slip-ons, I had I the, the checkered ones, yeah, like that, because I saw yeah. Corey Taylor wearing them in like a slip-knot video, I thought they were fucking bad, yeah, but did you have the flame ones, do you remember they had like flame vans, <laughs> you had them, I didn't have those, no, I remember like a, a classmate of mine had van slip-ons with, uh, like weed leaves on them. Okay. Yeah. I and, remember, and I remember yeah. in school, yeah. the teacher saw it and he, he got like banned from having them in school. Oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. We were like 15 yeah. or something. But it's so true though. And I, and I will come back to your question or we'll come back to your answer. Cause I, I am interested to hear what you're talking about there. And it's, I find it really fascinating, but you're right though, because we were only talking about it earlier on. It's like music as well. It's like such yeah. a, it's such a statement, isn't it? It's like, I listened to Slipknot and fucking, yeah, you know, uh, metal ass shit. And I was yeah. listening to, I was skateboarding at the time as well. So you were trying to find the baggiest yeah. fucking <laughs> jeans that you could find uh, that would fit over your, like, your Osiris. I remember I had a pair of Osiris. Yeah, I have an Osiris so too. goddamn expensive. Yeah. Yeah, but it, like, it does get I was this yeah. uh, skateboarder, uh, like, uh, Cypress Hill, uh, NWA skateboarder. Okay, so you were into more yeah, the hip hop side of things. Yeah, yeah. All right, yeah. all right, all right. Yeah, but but sorry, uh, you were saying that like the types of 
brands that you want to work with? I think I think I've always been drawn to the brands that the yeah. cool guys use, not not the underdogs. Uh, I don't know. Probably if I mean sometimes the underdogs can be the cool guys. Yeah, that's yeah. true. I mean, yeah. like punk rock is a little bit of the underdog. Yeah. Thing. Yeah, for sure it is. Yeah. But I always, just like the guys that I think are the, the cool guys that right. I look up to, that's yeah. the brands that I've always liked. And mm -hmm. once I started to do photography and I had the opportunity to work with brands, then I was drawn to them, like naturally. It's not like I've been, it's not like I have a checklist and it's like, sure. this brand has this and that. Right, it's right, just right, like, right. I find a brand and it's like, oh, this feels like me. Mm -hmm. or like, or this is how I want to look, I guess. Or, right. It's the branding. Know, yeah, it's just the, yeah. the branding speaks to me. Yeah. And it's, it's such a powerful thing, though. And I know from yeah. experience, having I'm a trained designer, yeah. graphic designer, and I understand just how... I love this brand. No, yeah, in, I've, I've, Norland. Seen, I've seen that yeah. stuff around here in Norland. Just like like uh, like the easy logo with the name Norland on. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. there's so much going on there that is kind of almost subconscious. The fact that it's written in like a like a retro font, like it's yeah, handwritten yeah. and then they've got like this almost like a workwear kind of vibe. But I think I want to uh, be more attached to Norland than I actually is. It's, right. I, I think it's probably but, something like that. Well, but I think that's a, that's the thing with outdoors, outdoor brands, people like, didn't we speak about this? Did we speak about this yesterday? Yeah, we did. That, no, it was, no, no it, it was we, Jeremiah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if this is confidential, but <laughs> the, we were talking. I'm not gonna name. Okay, I'm not gonna name the brand, but yeah. he he was working for uh, a store that was selling a brand, and they had like this uh, educational thing for the brand they were selling. Right. So the brand said that our 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 target audience is the people that wants to be related with the outdoors, even though they might. You know, yeah. maybe they go out in the forest for an hour once a week. Yeah. They still want to wear our stuff because then other people will think that they're outdoor people. Okay. Yeah. And that's, I think that's just how branding works. Yeah. You yeah. Know, I want to be related to, to some brands because that's the brand that I, the cool people use, you know? Well, the, the, <laughs> the, the, the flip side of that and the dichotomy of it is, is the fact that you have probably such a large following now on Instagram. Um, that you have become the person that people want to feel or look like or are representing because that's the thing and that's a classic thing with brands it's like you're not selling you're not selling the, the jacket the jacket can sell itself what you're selling is the lifestyle that comes with that jacket exactly yeah and uh, and I think for you as, as you're saying there you always wanted to follow the cool guys well we could, the argument could be made well you're now the cool guy that people are Going oh well I want that true dark dark jacket or I yeah, want that yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't I don't see it that way but yeah of course I mean, you that's, don't but that's how it but that's the works. reality of it yeah but I w I've always been extremely snobby with the brands that I want to buy because I've always been like I don't like to buy the cheap stuff because it's usually not better than the best stuff and this is is this is like a <laughs> this is like a mental problem that I have but if I if I get a new hobby. I usually just go ex uh, directly to the expensive stuff because I just want the best shit, you know? Yeah, and it is a problem. And, and I think I've always discouraged people, particularly in bushcraft and the outdoors, to go towards exactly what you're saying. So I actually promote the opposite of that whenever I... So but it also, like, bushcraft is... 
that's not what bushcraft for me. Like I'm not I'm not in the bushcraft scene, but for me that's not what bushcraft is about. No, no, it's definitely not. That's about the brand. I would definitely say that's like the opposite. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's about the skills. It's about like knowledge. About a, yeah. it's like a lifetime's worth of uh, learning. You know. Yeah. And and you need the basic tools to get you by, and you can work your way up. And if there's a particular tarp or jacket or knife or yeah. whatever that you, you kind of have your mind on, or you want to approach uh, somebody who maybe makes hand makes knives or something that you've been you've been in the scene for maybe a year or two, or you've been practicing this, and you know that it's something that you love. I mean, look, you're not going to go out and buy a, a, what's the, like a Steinberg piano if you decide to take up playing piano. Like, you know what I mean? No, exactly. Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe you yeah. would, but, you know. No, but it's different. Like, bushcraft is bushcraft. I'm more into, uh, obviously, like, I do photography, which means, like, nature photography, outdoors photography, adventure photography. Yeah. Which means... And I don't want to get onto the photography stuff as well. because Yeah, you know, because that, that means I, I always go to places that are... Uh, like rough like I lived in Iceland for like two years so yeah. I know like, what shit weather is sure and you can't have what actual shit weather yeah, is yeah you can't you can't like wear cheap stuff in shit weather no. because you're not gonna have a good time if your jacket starts well, leaking well hold on so I I agree and I disagree I agree that you can't wear cheap shit but I also think you can buy things that are inexpensive that are perfectly capable of the job they're just not branded or they're just not a brand name like for example yeah they did sure. the the suits that you and i were wearing today yeah and when we were out on the uh on the snowmobiles yeah they're from eula yeah they cost like yeah. 600 kroner or something yeah, yeah yeah i wasn't cold were you no, cold no, no you know no. and we were in minus 30 degrees celsius today for hours yeah four hours yeah and that's that piece of clothing worked yeah. perfectly well for what it was supposed to do and it wasn't a brand it wasn't expensive it wasn't but the guys up here know their know their environment they know what they need and yeah. they and they're not going to purchase something that is going to put the clients or their their you know the people that pay to be here at risk of being hypothermic or anything like that and yeah. clearly they've used these products in the field and they know that they work and i'm just playing devil's advocate here because i am yeah. just as much of a uh you know a fan of my own brands or brands yeah. that I like to follow as much as you. So I know exactly what you're talking about, but I still see the point on the other side of it that just yeah. because something is inexpensive doesn't mean it does, it's not perfectly capable of no, doing what it's supposed to do. I, I uh, just to downplay myself a little bit, I obviously also buy shit that is not expensive if I don't feel that I need to spend money on it. Sure. You know, like... Um, I don't know. I can't give an example. <laughs> like a uh, when I hike in like the summer, the spring, and the fall, I I walk in skate shoes. Yeah. Also, almost every time. Yeah. Because that's what fit my feet. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think. I know some so, outdoors guys that wear like Converse, and they're fine. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was in yeah, yeah I was in East Java like a year ago. Yeah, I and, thought you had Vans. Yeah, I had I had Vans old school. Yeah. And. I remember like so many people uh, commented on my stories like, wait, you're like, you know, like climbing waterfalls and you're wearing Vans. It's like, yeah, like whatever I will wear will get destroyed here anyway. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's going to be wet 24 sure. seven in the fucking jungle. And I mean, Vans, they have super good grip. Yeah. It's, it's like made to grip. The vulcanized so, sole, it's kind of high. So it's 
kind of protective too. Yeah, yeah. there's a lot yeah, of it's, it's, a lot it's like so, like I'm not gonna get something, like you know, if it's not necessary. You're not gonna get a pair of burghouse to go. I like I like I, I remember my uncle once told me like if you it's okay to buy expensive stuff if you know it's gonna last for a long time. So let's say you spend a thousand euros on something. Yeah. I don't know, a jacket. Yeah. And you wear it for ten years. Yeah. Then it's gonna cost you a hundred euros per year. Yeah. But a lot of people might buy a jacket for two hundred euros. And it might wear it one year. Yeah. And then it's gonna cost you two hundred per year. Six months. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So if you if you buy stuff that you know is good quality and it's gonna last you a long time and it's not gonna go out of fashion or some yeah. shit, then it's okay because and like, also yeah. even like if you wear it for five years and then you're like, hmm, I think I'm gonna get something else, you can probably buy it or you can sell, or sell it, it. You on, can sell it yeah. second hand yeah. and yeah. you can still get like a lot of value for it. No, absolutely. And I mean like for me the perfect example of that would be like the like red wings. Yeah. Like I have, I've owned two pairs of Red Wings, and the only reason I have two pairs, the first pair, um, they were the old um, blacksmiths, and they originally had like a like a cork sole, mm. and I was walking through some fields in Ireland, and it was basically, had been like a whole year's worth of cows just shitting in the field, um, so all the runoff and the water and the shit from the field was just stinking, it was yeah. stank of shit, and I was walking through it, and I the cork insole basically soaked up this yeah. shitty fucking water so I could not get the smell out of the boots and I was devastated because they were a beautiful pair of boots yeah. handmade in the USA you know you, you literally can't get better quality than that and uh, I had to throw them out eventually and but I loved those Red Wings and I last year I bought the same pair again and I'm looking after these ones, but I know, like you said, they're gonna last me like 10, yeah. 15 years, unless I walk through some cow shit. But like, I 100% agree with you. If you, I was thinking about it, it's like, how much does a pair of like Nike runners cost, or like a pair of Vans cost, like yeah. a thousand kroner, yeah. you know, easily, yeah, yeah. yeah. 1200. Uh, and you go through like one or two pairs a year. Yeah, it's crazy you, expensive. Yeah, and you think about then a pair of Red Wings, which costs 3,000, 300 euro, yeah, 3,000 kroner. Yeah. That's, three years worth of like shitty trainers yeah and i'm probably going to have them for the next 10 15 years yeah and, and if they need fixing it's probably a resale oh, you can send it to them and they will fix it for yeah, you exactly. no problem yeah. I ha- this this funny you should mention this because i have i have this pair of gym shoes now right it's like rebooks some crossfit shit they look brand new still, obviously, because I only wear them indoors in the so gym. it's like five hours a week kind of thing. Yeah, I've, I've had them for like one and a half years now. And they they smell like... They should go to the toxic waste, basically. Right. They smell so, so bad. But they look fine. Yeah, and yeah. I I, um, I was seeing this girl and we always went to the gym together. And I we went back to her place and she was like... I have my Corona nose. I don't feel that much more, much smell anymore. Right. But she's like, oh my God, this is horrible. And she, you know, <laughs> she put the, she put my shoes outside and I'm like, yeah, I should probably get new ones. But you mean, they look brand new. Yeah, and yeah. It's, it's, it's hard to, yeah. Yeah, it's like, in in a case like this, I it feels so unnecessary, unnecessary to throw them away. Sure, sure. But it's, a, it's no fixing. That's like cotton. You can uh, like, put them in the freezer. It doesn't work. I've tried. Oh, okay. It's like temporary stuff. No, they're... Um, they're still alive. They're probably gonna get thrown away. Rest in peace. Um, when I get home, bless myself. 
Yeah. And I'm actually getting advanced to use in the gym now because it's cheaper and they make do the same thing. Yeah. Well, it's funny because like Converse or Vans, like they are they were originally designed for like sports. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and then they're then Converse is like basketball. basketball, basketball, basketball yeah. 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 They come up. A long way since then. <laughs> yeah. Nike Air Max 2000 G Force Air Double yeah. O. Looks like a minivan. Yeah. One or two. <laughs> Me and my Converse looks exactly the same way as they did the day that they were made. Yeah. I was also gonna say like uh, with the Red Wings that yeah. the the fun thing with with boots like leather boots is that they will look better for each yeah, day you wear them. Yeah, I say that. Yeah. They look they look the best the day before yeah. you throw them away. And there's almost it, and again that's a really interesting um brand brand strategy or but also i guess it comes from it's like patagonia it's like the more you wear this piece of clothing the more it's going to show signs of that it's used and the more valuable it's going to be to you and it's more it's going to represent you as a person and I like this uh, thick fabric. I don't know what you have pants on now, but the garpeet ones. Yeah, the thick uh, fabric uh, outdoor pants. They look awesome after like yeah. three, three years yeah, of yeah. use or four years of use. Yeah, uh, they look better too. Not only the boots. Yeah, exactly. And I, I absolutely agree with you. My Red Wings. I could not wait to have them look like yeah. guys that have been wearing them three years, which is a really interesting thing when you think about it because yeah. when you buy something you want it to look new you want it to look for like there's nothing better than buying like a new macbook or a new yeah. freaking camera it's like oh it's all shiny and new and fresh yeah. that's what they want us yeah that's what they want sure. us to feel but yeah. why is it then with boots it's like oh i want mine to look like shit look one of them look like i've been dragged through a, a because it just looks better yeah but but that's the thing why does it look better because i don't know because it looks like we do a lot of work or because they just they fit our feet better. I know they technically fit. I mean, my my first pair of Red Wings after a year, it was like putting on a pair of socks. My foot was so shaped. Yeah. Or the the boot was so shaped to the to my foot, walking in the rain and stuff that it just it was like. The skate the skate shoes was all the same when. When they, when your toes uh, picked out from all the holes. The, at that time, that was the best shoe ever. When yeah. when there was holes in the yeah tops, yeah and the shoelaces <laughs> like, was like a. <laughs> then you shave some off when you do a kickflip. Yeah. yeah, that's. that's I like still a... have scars on my toes from kickflips. Yeah, kickflips yeah. and so on. That's crazy, man. But yeah, but it's right though. Battle scars. Yeah, Battle sure. scars. Yeah, <laughs> like this. You're totally right though with the with the uh, with the Red Wings. Like yeah, it's like we want them to look old and like used and like. And they do get better with age. They they color up. They they tan. They they stain. They shape. Yeah. yeah. And that's a product that you're investing money in because you know that you're going to have it a while, and you know that it's something that represents you. And I actually think that buying something like a pair of wings is actually, in some ways, it's quite a confident buy. You know what I mean? You're. It's a very much like. Yeah. You're 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 buying in. Yeah. You know you're buying into that. Because you know that you're going to be wearing those boots for quite a few years. But I, I, I have this thing for, like, especially like, oh yeah, I mean, in the outdoors, I have I sometimes get this feeling like when I'm wearing something that's like a really good garment, and I'm out in a uh, environment which is really rough, rough. Yeah. Like I remember, for example, like having. Uh, we went to Lofoten in Norway 
in September. And uh, we were going to hike up a mountain, like three hours up, you know. And after a while, the rain was just going fucking sideways. And I was wearing uh, like a through dark shell jacket and some Gore-Tex pants from Tierra, I think. And obviously that's both waterproof. And the rain was like coming sideways, but I was... Sideways uh, wind, man. Or sideways rain. And it was so rough. It was like, ugh, 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 you know. Yeah. But I was, I was still dry. Yeah. And when you have... Hey. Hey. Does anyone of you have a small needle for taking out a... Um, Stick a splinter? No. No. No, I don't no. think so. But, um... Sebastian, I wanted to ask you as well, because since we're talking about like branding and or, um, but the types of clothing that we choose to wear and layering and stuff, and also, you know, good photography gear, which is again, something that I want to talk to you guys about, because I think that's just as important. Uh, the, the type of photography gear that you choose based on your needs, um, whether you're buying expensive equipment and stuff. And, and, and yeah. I said, I do want to talk to you about that, but the layering system, because you, you stay in, in like hides, yeah. Um, for people that don't know what hides are, they're essentially like the same as like hunting, where you'll spend a lot of time in, in like a shelter yeah. in order to get a particular. Well, in 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 hunting's uh, circumstance, you're you're trying to get a kill, but in, in photography, like what you do, it's like yeah. as a nature photographer, uh, could you talk to us a little bit about, I guess, the types of clothing you use, yeah, what you do to stay warm, and then you know what it is that you're trying to achieve. Yeah, uh, in that space because you're obviously you're very stationary. Yeah, that's um, that's the main problem actually yeah. uh, with clothing. Uh, when you're standing still, we talked about that yesterday. It's one thing to put on clothes while you're moving, but when you're station stationary, you you become cold very quick. So that's kind of tough. Yeah, in in most hides they have like. Uh, it's more like a small house. Okay. They have some sort of maybe open fire. Or, okay. Yeah. Okay. Or uh, like a gasolvermer. Uh, like a gas stove. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Gastro. But uh, in heights, we have we have these tents, mm-hmm. like uh, camouflage. Yeah, camouflage tents. That n- no protection whatsoever. Yeah. From from the cold in there, so you have to dress warm. And what Very do you, warm. What do you use? What do you wear? Layers. Uh, layers, 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 mm. basically. Uh, uh, it, it depends on uh, what season, of course. But uh, it's a big problem in some, too. Because... Mosquitoes. Yeah, mosquitoes and ticks and all that. You have to have a base layer. Yeah. Because... Yeah, uh, for sure. Yeah. But uh, it's often... In my uh, uh, my body is kind of hot. Okay. Yeah. It but, is. Yeah. You got a hot body. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I often freeze on my toes uh-huh. uh, and my fingers, of course. Mm-hmm. But my head, I never freeze. You got a warm head. Yeah, it's like. Yeah, a, you were sweating today on the on the snowmobile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In your eye, like, in minus your, thirty. Your eyelashes were frozen. Yeah, I, I think got, you got I got frostbite. You got minus frostbite in your face. Yeah. but your head uh, was sweating. But I didn't feel it. Yeah. Yeah. So my head is like a like a vent for for the heat. Yeah, So yeah. I can't I, I can't have a like a uh, 
beanie or something yeah. uh, while I'm photographing because no? my head is like steaming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. And I I, I always have warm hands until like uh, five years ago. Then I start freezing. Circulation. Yeah, I I welded for like twenty years, mm-hmm. and I slam my fingers a lot at work. Okay. And uh, when you slam your fingers, the blood circulation makes a different like turn. You see, like this finger it scars all over. Oh, this shit. finger gets like a ice cream uh, when it's like one minus outside. Holy shit! This finger is. It's frozen stiff Cause directly because because the circulation in yeah. that particular finger yeah yeah, yeah. Wow, and uh, all of my fingers have this like uh, like a bangs and so it's uh, now five years ago I believe I started freezing on my fingers wow I've never done that before. and what what do you do to mitigate that do you use hand warmers do you no I I I recently bought this uh, gloves where you can flip your finger tip off oh yeah yeah, yeah and the thumb so yeah. you can take photos yeah. But uh, usually when it's like today, 30 minus, mm. I usually have this, uh, we talked about it yesterday, like the rubber gloves, rubber gloves, yeah. like uh, the nurses have. Yeah, yeah like surgi- under, surgical gloves. Yeah, yeah. yeah. under uh, a normal uh, gloves. Pro tip. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't work. Uh, you, you get wet. You get sweaty. Yeah, you get sweaty. I'm yeah. sure, yeah. Uh, I don't think that's a good idea if you... Moving or no, general, no, yeah. no. Yeah. But if you stick uh, stationary, you you probably can use it. That's a fucking really cool tip, man. Yeah, I learned it from a Swedish enduro driver, actually. What's because endu- for people who aren't Swedish, uh, what's like uh, like um, <laughs> motocross MX, uh, yeah. uh, but in the forest. Mm. Uh, yeah, like in the cross country. Dirt yeah, country. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because because I was on the back of the scooter or on the snowmobile today. Um, uh, uh, Jonas was driving Yeah. and yesterday when we went out to the Arctic uh, out to the Polar Circle now granted it was a little bit warmer yesterday I think it was minus 10 yesterday today it was basically twice as cold if not yeah. more so um, minus 30 minus 30 yeah. today yeah. which is in my book the coldest I've ever been out particularly for that long Yeah. And, and I wasn't driving the bike or the the snowmobile so i wasn't moving around too much i wasn't standing up and kind of moving with the bike i was very much on the back holding on yeah and i found just by holding on to the side things and yeah. the windshield getting into my fi- into my gloves and you yeah. had a, you had an issue with your gloves as well today didn't you with uh yeah in the start yeah um my hands got so fucking cold today yeah. man because i wasn't moving I mean, my yeah. handles had war- like heating Handle, in them, yeah. but I was still cold. Yeah, yeah. But I'm I freeze extremely easily yeah. about, with my fingers but and toes. Jeremiah told us a quite a interesting thing. Do you remember that? He told if you wear warm clothes on your body, yeah, the circulation won't compensate. Uh, if you have cold, uh, like like a cold cold jacket, yeah. Your your body, say man, prioritizes. Yeah, prioritize uh, the the bigger lump of body. Yeah, of course. So your hands will get colder. I, yeah. I there's a guy I follow, and we've actually had him on this podcast. His name is Emmett Emmett Van Dyke, uh, spoon carver, and he's based up in uh, New Hampshire, in the states, which gets really cold as well. Yeah, yeah. Minus 
well into the minus degrees and he he talks about on his uh, instagram he says he doesn't really wear gloves that often and they've got a homestead so he's chopping wood all day he's yeah. carving spoons he's you know whatever working he were actually they own a christmas tree firm uh, so he cuts down trees and stuff. And he says that he doesn't really wear gloves that often. No. Uh, he, he thinks that it's good for his body to get used to having to yeah. pump blood into, like, the fingers and stuff yeah. in order to uh, create uh, dexterity. Yeah. And uh, so so maybe maybe it's to that point as well. But Yeah, but I, but I, but I believe the body is uh, kind of built like that. Yeah. If, if you're starting to hypothermia, yeah. you're fingers and toes with with the first two yeah like don't get circulation yeah yeah then the mean, arms then the, yeah yeah then and you have this mass that survive so, yeah it brings yeah. blood to the to the heart and things. yeah yeah but i think it's also useful to know and, it, and it's actually i didn't even know that we would end up talking about this but i think hypothermia is an interesting thing to be aware of and I guess you can read about it as much as you want, but until you start experiencing the symptoms yourself, yeah, you really start to see. Okay, and I and I'm not saying that today I was hypothermic, but my fingers and toes got really, really cold today. Yeah, and I was just worried about warming them. And then after, you know, because we were out for a good two hours, three hours, and the second hour I started to feel kind of slightly reclusive. I wasn't really interested in talking to no. people or interacting. I kind of just wanted to sit on the bike. Yeah, and that is one of the early stages of hypothermia, which is with withdrawal from yeah. like you know you're not chatty or anything like that. No. Like you're just you just end up sitting back. Yeah. All good. Oh yeah. Did you get it out? Sorry? Did you get the thorn oh, out? Uh, the nurses are discussing what kind of method they're going to use. Okay. Uh, they have another tool too, and uh, it's a what do we call that? A tweezers? Oh, shit. Is it deep? I haven't looked at it. It must be deep. It's like a four four by four inch. (laughs) (laughs) I'm keeping a low profile. Yeah. (laughs) The noisiest human. But, um... But yeah, I, I did feel today that I was feeling a little bit weird. I, was, oh, okay. I felt quite, quite like when we when we stopped when you were in the snow when you were lying down in the snow. Yeah. At that point, I was starting to feel a bit like. Yeah, I saw that. Oh, you were kind of. And I understand this because I told I told him like, when I get cold and uncomfortable, like my enthusiasm yeah. just yeah drops yeah, yeah. like I, it's like. Oh, we should take some cold photos now, but it's like, oh, yeah, I, don't, I can't be bothered. Yeah, you know? and that's how I felt today. And I was having fun, of course, and it was cool to hang out with you guys. But I was kind of just like a little bit. Mm. Can we get home? Needed now? to just yeah. warm and. Um, but it's. You guys were on it though. You were like up the road and yeah, yeah. like running up to get the good light and stuff. Yeah, like, I was, but, but I was I, running to get some heat. But it's like. It is hard to stay warm when it's minus 30 and you're on a fucking snowmobile. Yeah. Yeah. But it doesn't get much colder than that if you don't want to go to the Arctic Circle. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't freezing anywhere except the Your your face, yeah. But uh, when he told me I have this... uh, You had like a white spot. Yeah, frostbite. Yeah. 
uh, at that time I felt like I'm sweating. Oh. Yeah, I felt like uh, wet in the face. Wow. So when he told me, oh, that's I, interesting because I, I saw him. He he's like uh, turned around from his snowmobile and and look at me and he say, "What the fuck? What the fuck?" Man? He pointed at my face. Yeah. So you have frostbite. Yeah. He recognized it. You you must shield. Man, your he's face. a pro. Yeah. He's such a pro, man. But I couldn't use that uh, visor. Yeah. Because the, the, it got Steams like up, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm the breathing. Turned to ice. Yeah. yeah, I'm breathing like a yeah. monster. Yeah. I was like rubbing the inside of my yeah. uh, visor, and it was just your was the clear on the pipes. Yeah. And what about what about camera gear? So like again, it's I think and I think the conversation that has kind of come out of this podcast, which I find really interesting, is. Uh, aligning yourself to particular brands and aligning yourself to particular products based on, for me, it's the fine line between um, what you need versus what you feel like you want to represent. Yeah. So if you're a guy that goes walking in the woods every weekend with your family and your kid and the buggy and stuff, yeah. and you're wearing a, a Fjallraven Anorak that costs... 600 euro or you yeah. know five five thousand kron or whatever yeah. that is potentially overkill yeah but if you're in minus 30 temperatures and you're on a snowmobile and you're wearing true dark or whatever and it's absolutely living up to that job and like you said that you know that you're going to be comfortable in that piece of clothing that you're comfortable in it that you know that it's going to be up to the task yeah i think camera equipment is similar in that way and yeah. I, and and you know, look, everybody has an iPhone today and the, the photos that you can take with your camera phone are fantastic, you yeah, know. Yeah. But there's just certain things that you just can't achieve. And for me, I'm, I'm kind of skirting this weird line at the moment where I'm not a professional photographer. I'm not getting paid to take photos for anybody. No. Um, I, it's still a hobby, very much a hobby. Yeah. Um, but I do enjoy good equipment and I do know what it is I'm trying to capture. Yeah. And sometimes the equipment can let itself down or sometimes... You can't afford whatever like so for example with, with yourself Nicholas, like you do a lot of uh, video work so you're using the sony a7 mark three a7s mark three yeah for the video and that's 100 percent up to the job as to what it is that you're trying to achieve but that's that's what uh thirteen thousand for the body thereabouts are we talking euro or swedish uh swedish it's 45,000 Swedish. Oh, okay. Jesus Christ. Okay, so yeah. <laughs> Fuck. But it's you can't compare someone who gets paid to do to do it and someone who has it as a hobby. Because, mm. uh, I mean, I've, I bought equipment for so much money, but I always saw it as an investment and it has repaid me already more yeah like more than i've yeah, spent yeah. and i obviously i didn't know that when i started but i, t I took a chance and sure. i believed in myself yeah and it has paid out yeah, yeah absolutely yeah. And, and and sebastian for anybody again look we, we shout out the the hashtag for your instagram page or what what, what is it again just so people don't sebastian remember sebastian underscore svanborg s-v-a-n-b-o-r-g s-v-a-n-b-o-r-g O-R-R-G. Yeah. Honestly, guys, check check uh, Sebastian's stuff out because you do some absolutely fucking fantastic 
if you don't mind me saying nature photography i mean some Thank of the you. some of the the photos of the eagles that you've taken are just yeah. phenomenal that's beautiful uh, stuff that's kind of a new thing for me uh i dropped photo for like a year okay uh, i got depressed and mental health got me mm-hmm. so i dropped photo right uh, and actually i saw some very talented dudes on Instagram taking photos of like old owls and uh, eagles and and birds and foxes and like wildlife. Yeah. And I thought to myself, that's what I want to do. Uh, so I I wanna I wanna take photos uh, of wild animals in their right nature i guess mm, their natural environment yeah 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 so uh i got hooked up on that and now i'm here yeah um living my dream i guess yeah and it's so cool to to meet you guys finally um i've i've known nicolas a while i i literally just met you this weekend yeah. but um it's for me i mean last year me and my buddy uh, Brian, we, we traveled around Scotland. It was something I was telling you guys about. Yeah, yeah. And there's nothing more fun than spending time on a road with a friend, yeah. pursuing a uh, a relative passion that you yeah. both share, that you're both trying to capture. And when the two guys, when you guys were out today on the on the on the the snowmobiles, you can really see the energy and the passion yeah, and yeah. The, the drive that you guys are trying to achieve. And it's 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 the, the cool thing is yeah. that we don't know each other before this trip. No way. We have talked like uh, uh-huh. on Instagram. Okay. A couple of times. Right. Um, yeah, but for the first time a week ago. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Jesus, I thought you guys knew each other a while. No, no, no. We. I guess we uh, are both uh, like crazy, crazy in the head, like uh, <laughs> uh, uh, a in start. a good in a good way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I I have done this type of travel with four guys before mm. uh, where I didn't know any one of them. Okay. And the trip went so well because we had the same interest. Yeah. We could stop at uh, Europa Väg 4 in Sweden and shooting eagles. Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, it's a normal thing. Yeah. It's basically a crazy thing to do. You shouldn't stop your car on that way because <laughs> it was like trailers and yeah yeah so so for people that aren't familiar with with the swedish uh landscape the e4 is basically europa Vag. oh like, it's like the main it's road that, yeah it stands for a europa way four uh-huh. and we have uh, europa way six i believe yeah e6 right yeah yeah it's, so it's like the main it's like it's like the m50 in dublin it's like it's yeah. like a, an artery that runs through the whole country that you can basically get anywhere from yes and it's super busy and you guys are pulling over on that to take pictures of eagles yeah <laughs> the cool thing we, we we sat down and talk about the eagles yeah nicholas asked me what's the biggest eagle in sweden or something yeah and i told him it's the white-tailed uh, eagle yeah. it's like two and a half meters wingspan wingspan and he screamed like crazy oh shit <laughs> and then uh, it was a deer. No, it was a. It was a rain, like a roadkill reindeer in a ditch. Yeah. Okay. And it was ravens and 
free eagles like feasting on it picking on this old as we as reindeer. we were talking about it it was what? it was like, sick and it's like you know when you sometimes you can see like hawks or buzzards yeah on, on the side of the road uh and you're like oh that's cool that's like a bird uh, yeah but when you see an eagle it's like, a different beast it's like Fuck, yeah, was, yeah. What was that? Yeah. Because yeah. they're so much bigger yeah. than regular and they, birds. They're yeah. kind of slow when they try to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. <laughs> sure. But even like, I mean, for me, like birds of prey are are very. They're apart from the ones that are in captivity in Ireland, they're very rare. Yeah, yeah. very rare. I'm not say, I mean, maybe not same here, but like I don't see them. No. Because well, they, they are afraid of humans. Well, in, in Skåne, where I live, down by Imeln, there's a lot of buzzards. A fuckload of buzzards. And What's a buzzard? It doesn't sound like a very romantic bird, but they are really graceful. They're, I'd say their wingspan is probably about my width, so maybe one and a half meters. Vråk? Maybe a little bit Yeah, less. I guess so. I'll, I'll, buzzards. I'll Google it now. Vråk? Like uh, uh, hawk? Hold on, let me check now. Hawk. English to Swedish. No, not hawk. It's not a hawk, no. No. Ormråk. Uh, oh. It must be a bastard, right? English to Swedish. Finns oh. uh, Yeah, Yeah, I hope it's... Buzzard. It is called a... Yeah, vråk. Yeah, vråk. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Fucking beautiful bird. Yeah. Um, not the most romantic bird when you're talking about birds of prey. Yeah. But there's a cycle path that I take to get to the uh, shopping, uh, the supermarket yeah. from where I live at the canoe center, and it's a it's a six kilometer cycle, and um, it takes me about half an hour to cycle it. And for some reason, there's like two buzzards that are always like in and around that track, and they become they're waiting for you. Well, yeah, maybe they're waiting for me. <laughs> they're waiting for me to die when I fall yeah. over on my bike. But because I guess it's because of the 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 nature of the the roadway it cuts through a forest yeah so i guess for them it's the it's the path of least resistance yeah. because it's just forest on each side yeah. and then it's got this uh completely straight uh track through well not completely straight but like you know it's a little bit winding but it's open space all the way through the woods so they use it to fly yeah and i'll cycle and they'll be on it on a tree branch and i'll see them and then when they see me coming closer they they start flying and they'll yeah. fly down the pathway all the way to the shop so yeah. i'll be just cycling staring at this huge bird just like in front of me just, whoo, yeah whoo, whoo, and like that's amazing so i can like a fucking eagle man like you almost uh every time you hit the highway you see them on poles yeah, yeah. sitting and yeah like watching and are beautiful birds yeah yeah very beautiful they're very similar to like a falcon but i think a little yeah. bit bigger yeah maybe i wonder why i've been thinking about this since we since we started to see the eagles it's like why are humans so fascinated about seeing animals mm. yeah <laughs> it's like everyone is like holy shit a moose yeah. or a reindeer or yeah. a yeah. fox or like even i don't know like humans have a weird fascination for animals yeah of course i think it's i think it's because everything is so industrialized and we're used to living in towns and yeah uh, i wonder if it was it like this like a couple hundred years ago no probably not because no, no. back then when you saw an animal it was like Holy shit! Someone's gonna die, or yeah. We, ta- we was... talked about that yesterday, like the um, Berjuv in Sweden. Uh, Beaver? It's, it's, no, it's no. called the um, Eurovision Eagle Owl. Yeah. Okay. Eur- it's like it... Eurovision. Euro. The Eurovision? No, no, no. no, no. 
it's the when you combine uh, Europe and Asia, it's called Eurasia. 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 It's called Eurasian yeah. eagle owl. Okay, that's how it's said. Jesus, that yeah. sounds like a weird hybrid. I believe that's the biggest owl in the world. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it's in Sweden. But in in old Swedish uh, history books, I guess. And say it's crock. Sayings. Uh, yeah, like old, you know, um, old uh, tales about beliefs. Uh, yeah, beliefs. Like, you know, like if wise tales. Yeah, old. when someone saw this uh, berjuv, it called uv before only uvs. Uh, when you saw one of those, it was the, a bad omen. Yeah, it was someone besides you going to die. Okay, if you saw it. Yeah. Someone that you was close to you was gonna yeah. die. Yeah, within like five days or something. Okay, all right. I don't know how they came up. With, right. With it's now you should play, play the sound of this. That. Oh, I can do that. I'll try yeah. and find it. Yeah, for sure. No. Well. It's like, huh? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Okay, it, I don't need it, to do it. It's, it's the proper like. Things <laughs> 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 they're done. The tracks. Uh, oh, it's gonna. Someone's gonna die. Yeah. Okay. If you see one. But but uh but. It's interesting, Nicholas, you talking about um, the reverence we have for animals, like wild animals. Yeah. And I think uh, people pay thousands of euros or hundreds of thousands of Swedish kroner and stuff to uh, to come to places like we are here. I mean, we were on the, the snowmobiles today and there was a reindeer just like on the track in the middle of the forest. Yeah. And... I hate to say it, but I'm actually kind of getting used to seeing reindeer. Yeah. And I've only been here like three days. Yeah. I mean, up here, it's like seeing a cat anywhere else. Yeah. I mean, it's like, but that's how it is. Like, if you go to Africa, they're like, why is someone paying to see an elephant? Or a lion or whatever. Like, these yeah. fuckers are everywhere. Yeah. yeah. It's like Germans come up to Sweden to see moose. And, yeah. Um, you know, we go to Africa to see... Yeah, lions or yeah. whatever. There's always gonna be. Yeah, but there, I think there's always there's always gonna be a uh, romantic attachment to animals. Like for example, for me with wolves, I I'm in love. I love wolves. I love dogs. And for me, like, I mean, I have tattoos of wolves. And my whatever about seeing the aurora. Yeah. If I could see a wolf, a wild wolf in the yeah. in the wild up here, like for me that would be just yeah, um, like unbelievable. Yeah. Like, I don't even care about bears. I'm more scared of bears than want to see one. I'm terrified yeah, yeah. of bears. But if yeah. I could see a... I don't think I'd even be afraid of, like, a lone wolf. I don't think anybody's afraid of a lone They're not going to attack you by themselves. No. But, God damn it, man. To see a wild wolf in the Swedish uh, north... Yeah. For me would just be... We have... Unbelievable. Maybe it's the same with, like, seeing... You know, like, a lot of people have a fascination for famous people. Yeah. Is like we see them from a distance all the time, and they become these heroes, uh, heroes yeah. or unattainable, uh, unattainable, yeah, yeah, people or yeah. you know to like they're almost like a uh, like a like a legend, legend to us. Yeah. And yeah. it's the same with like wolves or yeah. like bears. Like you yeah. see, you've seen them on video and photos, yeah, thousands of times, yeah. but never really seen them. In real life, yeah. I mean, I saw bears in Canada, uh, and that was the first time I saw bears. And I was like, "Holy shit, is, is that a bear?" It's like you know, 
Um, there, it, to them, it's like seeing reindeer. They're just like, yeah, it's a bear. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It must be... It just must be that you... I don't know, hype it up, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, like, what, what, what is your goal, Sebastian, when you're going out? So, so with the wildlife photography, are you going out to shoot a particular animal when you head out there? Are you thinking, I'm just going to go out and whatever animals come along my path? Yeah, uh, my type of photography, actually, is uh, I, I follow the lights. Okay. I love the, uh, the morning lights. That's my... The blue hour, as they call it. No. Uh, the golden hour. Yeah. Uh, probably the in-between uh, blue hour and golden hour. Uh-huh. That first light. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was the start f- for my photography, actually. Uh, uh, those summer mornings when the sun came up and the fog and, you know... It's perfect. Uh, I mean, it's a, it's yeah. amazing. I mean, some of the some of the times that I've spent out on even on the lake in Imel down in Skåne, yeah, because I'm camping. You tend to wake up quite early, particularly in the summertime when you're camping. You might wake up like five yeah. five thirty, yeah, and you just you just get up because you're yeah. bored. You're sitting in your hammock or whatever, and I get up and I'm like, oh, I'll 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 get the drone up in the sky or I'll get the yeah. camera, and it's like wow, summer. Yeah. It's like. But uh, six a.m. is just when I started taking photos. I I borrowed my uh, stepdaughter's uh, camera. She got it uh, when he she turned fifteen, I guess. Uh-huh. Yeah, and I I tried it out and I went, fuck this is cool. I always loved photos, uh, like National Geographic and so on. So I I start to learn it the hard way, I guess. Like uh, what's uh, the ISO and what's the all that function and I yeah I, I kind of learned it the hard way I guess I turned the manual manual uh, settings settings yeah. and and try and error and uh, that's when I got ho- hooked that I could like tweak my own photos uh, like I want it darker I want it brighter and so on yeah so the first summer I guess I'm every morning in the morning it's like middle of night like three o'clock in in the summer night I guess morning ish mm-hmm. uh, every morning when I was wasn't working uh, I got up and I went out and like taking photos of sunrises then one morning I, I got this magic morning outside New Shopping in Sermland and I shot this reindeer. No, in, not reindeer, uh, a deer, uh-huh. a fallow deer yeah. uh, in uh, Sunrise and uh, I popped it on Instagram and on National Geographic homepage, Nat Geo Your Shot, I believe it's called. Mm-hmm. And I got posted in the National Geographic and the magazine. Yeah, no way, man. So That's so fucking, cool. Yeah, and my my world turned upside down. That's amazing. amazing what dude. the hell? That's so one cool. shot. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah, so cool. Man, it won, that one shot. Yeah, it actually. was like uh, it was a turning point for me. I I, I didn't understand. I, I was good at taking photos. Uh, people told me I take good photos, but but then when they're sitting like four 
photog photographers from National Geographic looking at my picture. Sure. I, this picture should be on the homepage that's this so week. Fucking yeah, cool, it was man. fucking. That's so yeah, cool. It was so cool. Congratulations, man. That's awesome. Yeah. I didn't know that. That's, that's, yeah. that's cool. fantastic. Yeah, yeah, it's really cool. So that was a turning point for me. Yeah. Uh, then I realized that, man, this is fucking cool. It's addictive. You, you know, when I you get that. The buzz. Yeah, and, yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, because so, as you were saying earlier, too, it was like you're a, you're like a welder by trade. Yeah, it's like could it's like it was far removed from <laughs> yeah, yeah, being yeah. a nature photographer yeah. as you could be. Like yes, you know, but that's like photography. Photography is so easy. It's all about just being at the right place yeah. at the right time. It it <laughs> it's it's extremely easy and it's extremely hard, and that's the thing. Like you. You just capture a moment that it will never be again, and it's just that moment, and it can be so unique, and that's what makes it so cool. Yeah, yeah, and I, and I agree with you. I I both agree with you and I disagree with you because when you say it's easy, I think the concept is easy yeah, yeah. conceptually it's not, it's not easy but yeah, yeah, yeah. Conce yeah conceptually it is it, it, it it's an easy concept to grasp to be in the right place at the right time to be able to capture something but i think that to have an eye for the composition the moment yeah. and uh, but not just the composition before you've even taken the photograph to see a moment for what it is and to say yeah. oh this is a moment i should be shooting yeah uh this is a moment i should have my camera in, uh, in front of my eye and I think that's a learned practice because you begin to see the world through that viewfinder. Yeah. Um, and I remember, like, I, I spent a year living in Stockholm. I, ha I had taken a year off from college and I studied graphic design and um, I had no um, creative outlets. I was working in a, in a bar yeah. in Stockholm. And up to that point, I had been doing graphic design and my creative brain was constantly having to work really hard yeah uh, for those two and a half years that i was in college so when i took the year out all of a sudden i had nothing to to bounce my creative urges off yeah and i need to be making things constantly and i think we probably all share a very similar desire for that if i'm not creating something at some point i feel anxious and i need to, i just need to be making something yeah um so i went into a store an old uh, a camera store that sold like old 35 millimeter analog cameras yeah and i bought a an old minolta and i think it cost like a thousand kroner or something it wasn't yeah. expensive but that thing lived with me for that entire year that i spent in stockholm yeah i must have shot about maybe four rolls a week yeah and what started happening was that i started seeing everything around me in i had a 28 millimeter lens on it it was just that's all I had, just a twenty-eight mil lens. Yeah. I had no zooms. I had no fix. You know, nothing. And I started to understand my surroundings in in that exact uh, frame rate, or you know, that exact uh, you know yeah. angle. Yeah. And because of that, I started seeing like what you're saying. Started seeing those moments and just yeah. being like, ah, oh, that's a shot that's a shot and you could literally be sitting in a cafe and you yeah. see that one person there and this one table here and and then it became easy because it became instinctual and i think what you're talking about is it's an instinctual thing it's a it's it's a learned practice but i think after a while it becomes easy because 
you know what it is that you're seeing you know what it is that, uh, how to capture that yeah it, it the moment you take the photo is easy yeah. but when you know what you want the struggle to get to that point is kind of hard mm. because you can go out like 10 mornings in a row but it's not that perfect yeah. like you want it to. Yeah. And that's, I believe, the struggle. Sure. For the perfect, like, shot. Yeah, but I think what you were saying, Nicholas, is like, I think it probably comes easy to you because you are a creative person. You've got a very solid understanding of what it is you're trying to capture. And so it comes easy to you. Sorry. I don't think about it. Yeah, sure. Well, exactly. Because I've, I've, I've practiced so much. Exactly. Yeah. But I, I know, like, I've been on... I've traveled photo trips and you go days and it's just like it's just shit weather and shit weather for me is usually sun which is like everyone thinks I'm crazy because I don't like bright sun yeah but I mean, uh, it can be difficult to shoot and you know like after I'm very impatient so after like you know two days of not getting any good shots I'm like oh, I'm like, oh, this sucks. Everything, like, all the photos look shit. Low this energy. Is a waste of time. Get low energy. It's just like, oh, you know, I get, I get super grumpy. And then maybe on the third day, you get like a fucking banging sunrise, or you get some crazy, like, uh, rainstorm with sun, rainbows, hail, snow at the same time. You know, whatever. And you get like ten good photos in half an hour, yeah. and that's more than you got in the in the like last three days and suddenly you're like holy shit it's, buzzing yeah, it, yeah. it's it's it's, oh. it's, it's, it's addictive it's like fucking drugs yeah <laughs> yeah yeah you're chasing it though yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah yeah and you get super low when you don't get it it's yeah. like yeah oh. yeah it's true you're like you really do chase it and sometimes I, I i battle with uh being in a in an environment and i suppose maybe slightly different for you guys because you're you're out there specifically to shoot, and you know you're you might be working with a client or something like that. But I mean, I don't have any clients, and I'm not trying to shoot anything in particular. But sometimes I find that the need to document what it is I'm experiencing is overwhelming. Yeah. To the point where I'm actually removed from the situation because I'm trying to document it. But I have spoken to people about it before on the podcast. I think the very the last podcast I just had uh, with with uh, Jamie Dakota, he was saying that. When he's in that space, he the enjoyment is in the capturing. So he he runs a bushcraft school, and he says, if I'm trying to light a fire, that's what I'm doing, and I'm enjoying that, and I'm you know practicing my fire lighting skill. Yeah. If I'm taking the photographs, yeah, that's the skill or that's the discipline that I've focused on. Yes, and therefore that is the thing that I'm pursuing in that particular moment. But I still, I still struggle with it because sometimes I'll be at a camp and I'm not I'm not there particularly just to take photographs. Yeah. I'm there to enjoy being out. I'm canoed out to a lovely campsite, yeah. and then all of a sudden there's this amazing sunset. And you're like, oh shit! I gotta get the camera. Yeah, in yeah. yeah. You're like, oh, should I not just be sitting and just enjoying it? Yeah. Do I really need to be running around trying to capture it? Yeah. You know. That's um. Uh, fuck, I lost the. I believe uh, in like the thing you did now. You bought a macro lens. That's probably the smartest 
choice you have ever done if you have in this. my entire life yeah no 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 <laughs> but when you have this bad weather or bad energy Shit when like. you have a macro lens you can you can sit and taking photos of snowflakes focus, or focus on insects. small details yeah, yeah yeah it's so fucking cool it's a mm. new world it's all about changing perspectives perhaps. yeah yeah and yeah. everything about photography is like perspective yeah i also i remember when i started photography someone read someone said something or i read something that while everyone is looking left Look what's happening to the right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I had so much usage for that. It's like, okay, wait, everyone, like, this is the main focus, but yeah. what's going on behind me? Yeah. yeah. Everybody f- taking photos of the sun. Yes. But we're taking photos what the sun doing at that way. Yeah. yeah. And, and there's a really good example of that. Um, yeah. There's a very famous photograph of spectators watching I, I believe it's either a solar eclipse or yeah, a solar eclipse. or the when everybody stands with their yeah, breath, yeah 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 there's it's that one but there's also one of uh, when the moon landing when they launched from Houston okay is it Houston where they launched from yeah yeah uh, I know that the control center is in yeah where where is it the, yeah whatever it is Houston Texas yeah so so the 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 rocket is is launching into space yeah and Everybody at that particular moment was taking photos of the rocket going, leaving the atmosphere. And there's a really famous photograph, I believe it's for Life magazine. And it's a picture of probably about 100 people with like home cameras, like, you know, uh, little Kodak brownies and, you know, taking a photograph or staring or like without. And, and this beautiful photograph of all these people looking in the same direction yeah towards the rocket yeah, and yeah. taking photographs yeah. and that photo is actually more powerful yeah than the photo of the rocket itself so exactly what you're saying everybody was looking right this photographer chose to yeah. look left and yeah that's they found a new perspective and on on, a, on the same moment in time i think you can use that on on a lot of other stuff than just photography it's the thing like you know if something bad happens to you you can choose to focus on the bad things or you can choose to focus on the positive things. Like, yeah. for example, Corona happened. That's, in general, a bad thing. But for me, it made me get a dog, which I always wanted to get a dog. It made me get interested in the stock market because I would, wanted to save more money to be safe if something like this happened again. And it made me move out on the countryside, which I enjoy much more than living in the city. And it made me start doing video which i wouldn't have time to do if i was traveling and taking photos all the time and it's like of course corona is bad but it forced me to get a perspective and look at focus on the things that i could do and not the things that i couldn't do yeah so i think i think it's just all about perspective absolutely and uh, that more people exploring their own countries yeah yeah that's 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 so cool because i met so many people out in the woods now that i've never seen in the woods before like back home yeah and it's so fun to see that uh the kids running around like i did when i was born like making these uh, small boats with a bark yeah 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 yeah. Yeah. and uh, uh, 
putting straws and yeah, uh, yeah. and a small yeah. sail and yeah. and that. But guys, it's been a really fantastic conversation. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure to finally meet Niklas and to meet Sebastian for the first time. Yeah. Um, we're now connected on uh, Instagram. So guys, follow Niklas and follow Sebastian. Both extremely talented in their own rights and really awesome guys. Amazing on what they do, and it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you guys. So thank you very yeah, much for coming on the podcast. And Thanks for having us. Yeah, 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 it's been a great one. So guys, um, I think the next episode is going to be with Northern Soul Journeys, who we have spoken about at length on this podcast with uh, Jeremiah and Hannah. Yeah. Um, and the twenty-three dogs. And twenty and their twenty-three dogs. I'm sure you'll hear some of them in the next episode. Um, but until then. Uh, take it easy and enjoy yourselves and i hope you guys are keeping safe and you're getting outside as much as you can and enjoying yourselves so from me here in norbotten in uh the arctic uh we'll say hey do hey do and tack 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 fick fel hey do skål yeah skål tack tack take care guys bye bye